Hey, hey, hey. Oh, boy. Welcome back, Cody. Welcome yeah, Cody, back. you've been gone it's, for the past few while, picks. Yeah. It's been a while. I'm not important to the show. Uh, yes, you are. You're, you're very you important are, You are show. integral. Where you've been? Uh, where, you, where you've been? Where you've been? Where you've been? Where you've been? Where, you been? where uh, have you been? <laughs> where was God. I during the last of Mommy? Where uh, Was I in Phoenix? I had Um... You might have been in Phoenix. I think I may have been in Phoenix for that one. We, and had, then I was in, we had Colin on for that. Oh, yeah, we did. And then I was in Columbus, Ohio this past like, week. You guys be traveling. Like, you guys are everywhere. <laughs> yeah, you know, you went to Morocco. Oh, that was ages ago, man. You, know, you went to Morocco. Jared went to Kenya. I went to <laughs> Cambodia. And Cody went to Columbus. I chose the most dangerous location. <laughs> you truly did. Yeah. Of the of the four, it's the most likely you'll be abducted. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be true. I don't know. Yikes. You had good things to say about it though. About Columbus? Yeah. yeah. Surprising. <laughs> I mean all the memes about Ohio. Yeah. Columbus, fantastic city. Really? Yeah. Very fun. Lots of great food. Freeway system. Incredible. <laughs> did you rent a car? No. Oh. But took some Ubers, and it was fantastic. It would be considered one of the pass-through states to New York for some of the flyover states, yeah. <laughs> which would be the Midwest. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. pretty good. Pretty fun. Cool. Mm-hmm. Good. Mm-hmm. But Glad it's good, good, to be, good to be back. Glad to it's have you back. great to have you. And Jared will be joining us. Yeah, Jared's not here half. currently. Yeah, he's yeah. already seen this movie, apparently. We have no idea what it is. Slacker Town. But... Um, but yeah. you are aware of the of the uh, the system now. The criteria. Yes. Yes. Chat, Chat GPT. <laughs> AI taking over. Haley Joe. All those jokes. Mm. Yeah, I listened to Rashomon this morning. And heard the uh, entire episode <laughs> opening that we had. <laughs> the twelve minute opening. Yeah, we'll try to make longest this one shorter. I'm glad you guys ever. workshopped it down so I can be I could be a little more efficient. I I, I should have. I did, I chose not to. How did you choose to use Chet GPT? Yes, because your... we can technically ask it whatever question we want if we're hosting. Yeah, I I've so. used Chat GPT at work. Oh, okay. For like, it's really good for inspiration mm. for different things or like it's the best thing on the internet for like finding synonyms, antonyms, like mm-hmm. different ways to say different things. Mm-hmm. Like, so I use it a lot for that. Yeah. And so I already had an account and so I use chat GPT. So. And, nice. and how did you use it today? Yeah. All right. For like, did you ask it the same question that yeah, I had asked it? it so I'll, I'll read you verbatim the question that I asked it. Okay. I said, as a film snub, you would, oh wait. Um, let me see here. Let me scroll. I'm on pins and needles. The yeah, needles. I hurt. really thought it was going to be apocalypse. Now I thought Jared. <laughs> I literally yeah, we, did too. I thought that was chat. a running. We joke. convinced. We convinced. Oh them my god! I almost downloaded it. I was like, yeah. Am I going to have to get ready for this? What's going? What's going on? All right. Let me see. I'm scrolling. Now I just want to watch it. Downloaded it from where, Eric? The high seas. The high seas. <laughs> yo ho, yo ho! A pirate's life for me. They call me Redbeard. <laughs> All right. Here's the question uh, that I asked chat GPT. What are 10 movies a film snob would watch? I think it, that's the exact same question that you. Yeah. Asked. I was going to say that sounds pretty close to what I get. Really similar. Yeah. What? What? Can you give us a li- yeah, the list go, of 10? Which, go through the list. Which based on our last episode, it these should be, be very similar to the two times that it we is. did it's, it. Caleb. It's similar. I don't uh, think it's exact. Uh-huh. Okay. Number one. 
Citizen Kane. Of oh course. God, no! It's starting over again. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. All ten of them are Citizen <laughs> Kane. <laughs> Movies that rhyme with Citizen Kane. I so I've seen Citizen Kane like Airplane. twice. I think it's so overrated. Like yeah. it's good. Yeah. Significant. Yeah. Not that enjoyable to watch. I share that sentiment. Never Very seen. Good. Number two. Eight and a half. Of Ooh, course, there it is. Yes, again. yes, 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 yes. yes. Fellini. Mm-hmm. The Godfather. Ooh, okay. <laughs> okay. Breathless. Yep. Okay, that was on there. These are yep. on my Seven Samurai. Ooh. That was not on there. Ooh. Another, Another Kurosawa. Kurosawa. Let's go, uh, baby. Persona. Persona. Bergman. Bergman. 2001 okay. A Space Odyssey. Kubrick. The Bicycle Thief. Ooh, okay. That, I don't think that was That was the was Italian on one? That's an, that, uh, eight and a half was the that's Italian one. No, but Vittorio I think that's another. De Sica. I think that's another it's Italian. Italian neorealist, yeah. Yep. Uh, Rashomon. Mm-hmm. And La Dolce Vita. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. Okay. These so are very similar. All very similar movies. Yep, okay. Very similar. Yeah. And, and what? what was the choice? So I chose eight and a half. Okay. All right. All right. I don't believe either of you have seen it. I have not. Have no. Seen it? I have not seen it. Okay. I've seen not. some of Fellini's stuff before. Okay. And apparently um, ChatGPT says he's yep. alleged. So we should yep. watch him because yep. they. Federico Fellini. He's a Italian. I think he's a neo neo realist. Okay. I don't okay. know if it identified. Yeah, surrealism. Remember, yeah, surrealism. This is on a lot of lists of like the best movies yeah. of all time. So, so he has he has uh, eight and a half, and then he has La Dolce Vita, and I almost chose La Dolce Vita because the ending of that movie is referenced in the sloppy steaks sketch of I think is it really <laughs> yeah the oh. baby on the beach is like a re- reference to the what? end of that movie wow okay cool <laughs> so I wanted to watch it just for that and I was like that's not a good reason so I chose eight and a half Ladol- it sounds crazy La Dolce Vita that's the milk of life right uh, I, I believe that's the sweetness <laughs> no the life is sweet you're, you're thinking of what are you thinking of? Like, no, yeah, what's milk? Do. What's milk and <laughs> Trace leches? Leche. Are you thinking leche of like Trace leches? I love that cake. I love that. Dulce cake. de leche. That's what you're thinking of. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. You chose one of the words from that, <laughs> <laughs> and it was the wrong one. But All yeah, right. it's the sweetness of life, and then yeah, eight and a half is what comes between eight and nine. So, <laughs> oh, I guess you're right, huh? Yeah. I, never, I never thought of that. All right, let's go watch it. Let's do it. Sweet. record <laughs> i guess you could say that this movie was called eight and a half i don't know why i think oh, wow. uh, i think uh david lynch said that uh that's a spicy meatball yeah 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 i know why it's called eight and a half cody i do knows. too yeah i'm not gonna steal cody thunders is it because it felt eight and a half hours long? Whoa, or? did you really I'm just kidding. Hey, it's I'm early in the pot. I want to plug Asteroid City, best Wes mm. Anderson movie. Don't at me. 100%, 100%. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen it yet. We'll Don't have to talk spoil. about that later. I'm You'll love it, it this Cody. Weekend. You'll love it. Very good. I actually have an idea, but we'll talk off Very about good. it. Go ahead, Very Cody. <laughs> wow, huh? What was, uh, yeah, yeah what that was, was great. Yeah. Was, yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, I did too. Do you want me to give a little synopsis and then kind of start going around? 
Let's do it. Yeah, let's 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 talk you know about what? it. Yeah, whatever you want, director. So this movie <laughs> is about movies. <laughs> uh, basically, it follows yep. a um, a philandering director, a mm. film director, as he's trying to make a movie, but he's a director who can't make directions. And he can't make decisions. Indecisive. And so it's this very meta self-aware story of him kind of running into love interests and reflecting on the women of his past and trying to figure out why he feels the way he feels and if he has anything to say. And so he goes throughout, you just see different processes of the movie, um, you know, stage building and screen tests and all these things. And it hops back and forth between dreams and, um, just thoughts and conversations he wants to have mm. and, uh, kind of slips pretty seamlessly. And so this, this genre is called surrealism. So it was quite surreal. And basically Captain Crunch, Cocoa yeah. Pebbles, fru- Fruity Pebbles. No, no, no. Realism, sir. Mm. Oh, no, not sur- not serial. Surreal. Oh, not serialism. Not and Madame oh. Fantasy. Oh, okay. Good Sorry, God. Cody. Good God. <laughs> Whose pun was better? That's, vote. That's and get, get your vote into us. Was it Caleb Serial or my surreal? Uh. <laughs> You've ruined everything. It's all, it's, it's all done. Burn it Sorry. down. Vote now on Twitter. Torch it. You were you were doing great, Cody. Vote Keep on going. TikTok. No, no, Vote with your TikTok dance. I mean, that's that's pretty much the synopsis. By the end, you know, there's not a whole lot. I mean, it's a it's a meta commentary about not being able to decide or like tell a cohesive story, and he kind of does that in the film. Hmm. So. Hmm, 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 hmm. Wow. Well, who wants to go first? I'll go first. Start with you, Eric. Uh, Definitely had some big Bardo vibes. Oh, yeah. um, Throughout this whole thing. Um, I also, at the end, just had real big fish vibes as well. Big fish vibes? Or Or the band fish? fish. No. (laughs) (laughs) Real big fish? Were the vibes big or was the fish big? No, big fish Uh, uh, with Hugh McGregor. Or real big Uh, fish, the band as well. Yeah. I was thinking that too. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I just, I, yeah, I really loved kind of the slipping in and out of, yeah, real and surreal, uh, serial. Um, Yeah. I, I, I liked the style i liked a lot of the shots um there was some points in the movie where it got kind of it dragged a little um but i think i think this was like a successful i don't know it 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 feels like an experiment but i mean obviously there was a movement of this type of filmmaking right yeah, he kind of started it. No, yeah. oh, okay. Italian surrealism. Um, yeah, and it and it and it works. I mean, there's no, at no point where like something weird is happening. Are you kind of like, why is that happening? Because it's all kind of that, um, and so you just kind of go with the ride, and you're you're along for the journey. So, hmm. um, yeah, I thought that it was and it was funny and yeah, not what I expected, but it was very good. I liked it. Caleb, what'd you think? Yeah, I know why this is on like every filmmaker's like top list of movies. 
like i remember seeing this at the top of a list it was like top movies about filmmaking it's like this one's up there mm. hollywood eats up anything that's kind of like about filmmaking mm. um, <laughs> but yeah i like this um i liked yeah the bardo vibes especially like just the opening scene of him kind of floating through and everyone's just kind of yep. staring which yeah. is directly how bardo yeah, starts yeah. <laughs> yep. and it's just kind of like yeah it's kind of like, creepy everyone's standing it i love the shot of everyone standing in the bus that with their was arms and weird. so just kind of oh hanging my out gosh that was um, great and like that's how dreams are they're weird yeah um they're weird but yeah i i enjoyed this i i liked kind of his whole struggle one of like struggling to just express himself and love in general there there's a few things in there about like yeah we can talk about it but the a couple of people are like you can't make movies about love like you're incapable of you know expressing <laughs> that um but also i liked the theme of you can't like be honest with someone right in front of you, but you you're able to tell the truth in your films. Mm -hmm. Like how backwards is that, that Mm -hmm. to so many strangers, you can, you know, be honest and and tell the truth, but you can't do that right to my face. Um, So yeah, I liked all that stuff, like his internal struggles there, um, Mm -hmm. which I think a lot of people can probably connect with in some way. But yeah, I enjoyed it. And you know it's great getting back to my roots, being eight percent Italian. Um, wow, eight and a half, eight and a half percent Italian. Weird. Yeah. That's just eerie. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, 8. yeah. 4, I feel like Federico yeah, Fellini meta. might be my grandpa. Yikes. Okay, Jared. <laughs> yeah. You <laughs> look. Wait, say his name again. <laughs> it's Federico Fellini. Okay. What do you think Federico. I said? Federico. Fe- Fe- Federico Fellini. You think I said Fettuccini, didn't you? <laughs> Federico Fettuccini. <laughs> What's up, guys? Jared Klopp coming at you. I'm the one who shouted out Asteroid City. You came in a little late to this movie. Yeah, you came in a little I came in a little late. Later. I had to watch it yesterday. Cody was generous and... Oh, you, you watched know, it yesterday? ...gave me a heads up. Yes. Oh, cool. Solid, solid, solid. Um, or in the opening, did you act like he picked it right there? Hmm? In the opening, did you act like he picked it on the spot? Or? He, no. He, um, we, he read from the list. Yeah. I was wondering if it would have been, you know, like the movie where it's hard to tell the truth in person, but... Ooh. Maybe I did. Like, did we do Maybe it Jared was sitting there not? the whole time. That's it. <laughs> didn't speak. He was. Yikes. It's never happened before. <laughs> um, so I was pretty pumped to watch this again. I only saw it once when I was an early 20s young man, maybe even late teens. Hard to say. Because, you know, this is on one of the highest up on the sight and sound lists. Fellini's kind of the most heralded Italian director, I think, mm-hmm. um, of that era. And I always have found him a little overrated. Ooh. Um, I think the other great Italians of the era, like Antonioni and Visconti, are leaps and bounds ahead of Fellini, personally. Um, so I was like, you know what? Maybe I got Fellini wrong. There's some directors. Antonioni's an example where like, I come back later after I've had more experience in life, not that I've had that much, and I'm like, oh, I missed some stuff, and this is way better than I thought. Mm. And watching Eight and a Half again, I was like, you know... I still think it's overrated. <laughs> wow. But it uh, was a little better than my initial viewing. Um, so it's not in your top 10 of the 60s? No, it's not even in my top 50, probably. Um, of the 60s? Yeah, La Strada is way better. <laughs> La Strada, the clown one that uh, Fellini did, is my favorite. 
Um, I think my problem with Fellini is maybe surrealism doesn't always click with me. Most surreal movies don't click with me. And then Mm. um, Mm. he's kind of, I don't, his sexual mores, I think, muddle everything. Um, But one thing I will say about this movie is even though I don't really love a lot of the content, the man knows where to place a camera. Um, Yes, yes. He knows where to place it. It's always interesting. It's not what you'd expect, and it moves very naturally. Mm. It's moving all the time, um, and it moves very naturally where it feels like it should go. And this movie does an incredible job of moving between the realism and the memories and the dreams mm-hmm. seamlessly. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's it's bananas how much talent is there to make that happen. Yeah. Um, I feel like whenever there's a modern movie and there's a dream sequence or a flashback, it's just like, um, crossfade and there you are. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it's naturally a part of what Mm -hmm. came before, even if it, and he makes it feel like that, even if it has no seemingly direct connection with it. So I love that about this movie and the main actor, Marcelo Mastrioni, I don't know how to say his name. Dude's a, dude's a G. He's a legend. He's great in this movie. Mm -hmm. Claudia Cardinale is great. Um, still really interesting but like i don't um it's more of an intellectual exercise than uh an emotional exercise for me this one mm. it doesn't hit me anywhere yeah no me i see neither. i see it because it's neither. like um well we'll talk about it yeah anyways yeah. i still think you should watch it it's a great movie i'm acting like i don't like it but it's a like it's a great movie seriously mm. yeah yeah definitely cody cody what were your thoughts have you wait had you seen this before? i have not seen okay. this one before okay I think I've seen like clips of some of his other stuff. Like when I was in school, I think we watched something from Fellini. Um, I, I really liked it. Yeah. I, I kind of agree. I don't know that. I think I connected somewhat emotionally with it. Not like super significantly, but I think I'm a, I agree with Jared and, and kind of what something Caleb was alluding to um, was just like its significance. And I talked a lot about that with like 2001 A Space Odyssey, mm-hmm. where it's like that movie doesn't hit for me. Right. But I recognize the significance and you can see all of the references. Um, so many. <laughs> I mean, you can tell so many directors so many. love this movie. Totally. They love like, it. Pulp, yes. The Pulp Fiction dance scene like, <laughs> yep. comes from this movie. Like Bardo, we've already talked a lot about and Bardo is like a direct I literally think that um, Alejandro. <laughs> no, he's, like, no. he's like, we need a Mexican version of that. <laughs> he watched eight and a half recently and was like, we need that like Mexican. I'm pretty sure no. Danny Elfman took the score from this and put it in Pee Wee Herman. Dead, dead, <laughs> dead serious. Oh, some of the like, yeah. yeah. No, I said, I said this during the film, but I think they literally took the producer and made him the Don in Godfather too. Like the, the one, the one who's like walking around and, Mm-hmm. Yeah, get sh- and that one lady, De Niro. that one lady was the inspiration for Tilda. She's in the movie for four seconds, and she inspired <laughs> every role. She's in Eric's done. words, she is Tilda Swinton's whole persona. No one is caring about what you're saying at all. <laughs> They'll get it when they watch it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, it was uh, so good. <laughs> yeah, one one interesting thing I thought oh. about Bardo, like just reading up on this movie, is Fellini started as a journalist. And like in, in Bardo, Alejandro makes his main character a journalist. Mm. And so it's kind of a fun 
like interaction there, but yeah. Yeah. I, overall, I, I really liked it. I think it's, um, I think when you go and watch a surreal movie, I, I think I really liked it as a surreal movie because of seeing things like Bardo or like Bo is afraid and like a lot of modern surrealism has gotten to the point and it's evolved to the point where they're like, you can't know if anything is real. Like everything mm. needs to be surreal. Mm. Um, and so I kind of appreciated some grounding and, um, That's a good point. and so I think that was just kind of refreshing. Cause I think we're just at like such an extreme point of surrealism now. Um, but yeah, I thought it was enjoyable and yeah, I didn't super connect with it emotionally, but I did like very much understand the whole confusion aspect of things. And I think especially, I think from like, it's told from like a man's perspective, there's the like kind of classic, like midlife crisis, quarter life crisis, like all this stuff of like, what's me, like, what's the meaning of all this? What's, you know, <laughs> why do I like the things that I like? You know, this kind of crisis is, I think, something that a lot of people can connect to. Um, and especially artists as well of like why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. Does it have any value? Things like that. So, mm -hmm. right. yeah. so I think there's some salient things in here. It's not like some modern surrealist movies. It seems like there's at least an exploration versus just totally. like life is crazy, you know? So you think we're at an extreme point of surrealism? Yeah. I think it's gotten, I it's mean, like the most IPA movies made movies. are not like, <laughs> But surrealism <laughs> is the current IPA of cinema. It's like, hey, that's, that's a great can we analogy. Make this more bitter, IPA, more bitter. Hazy it up. It's quadruple hopped. <laughs> <laughs> but but like most movies aren't surreal movies. But when they right. are, they're they super, take like, it to the nth degree. Bo is afraid is a good example. Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> not a good movie. Um, that's a that's yeah. Okay, I get it. I mean, yeah, Bo is afraid. I mean, you can tell had influence from this as well i think mm -hmm. um but yeah. making making the uh the dream sequences a little bit more clear though i'm i'm guessing yeah yeah right yeah versus like what you said where it's like bo's afraid you have no idea you have no idea if any part of the movie actually happens wow that's that's yeah. insane yeah yeah but Caleb and Eric, do either one of you want to guess why it's called Eight and a Half? Oh, this is our new game show hosted by Cody Martin. Called it's not D because it's a prequel to the Daniel Day-Lewis's Nine. The number of but women, Nine is based the off number eight of and women half. that or he even fancies a farther back prequel to the movie Three Hundred. Yeah, mm. did you know that Daniel Day-Lewis's Nine? Well, it's not really his, but it's based off a Broadway show that's based off Eight and a Half. Yeah, I, I figured that. it was. Yeah. Um. Okay. I want Cody to know yes. because Cody's the game. Show host. Wow, wow, wow. Eight and a half. Eight. And I was gonna, I was gonna guess it was the number of women he fancies. Half? Oh, that's not a bad <laughs> guess. <laughs> What's the half? Uh, he loves his wife half as much as any of the other. Oh, oh. slam! Whoa, <laughs> slam! His real life wife, <laughs> Sklump or whatever this, it was. Sklump. The sad thing Sklump. is, his real life wife starred in some of his movies too, and she's like an Italian screen legend. Oh wow! If oh, it's yeah. the same wife star in his movie, yeah, he would have like all, all of his family would like be in his movies or like mm -hmm. be on set yeah is eight and a half uh, I, I want to play a guessing game is it like a measurement of something yeah sure sure is it uh the number of scenes is it an age nope. no okay i figure like it's eight. very in line with everything we've been talking about yeah 
if you were to take your life and put it against a yardstick. <laughs> I don't know. What, what is it? All right. Is the number of scenes in the movie? No. Like the dream <laughs> sequences. Did you watch the movie? I thought there were only eight and a half scenes in that. Well, his movie was only going to have five. So Yeah, that's right. That's what I was trying to remember is that number. But so yeah. eight and a half is the number of movies that he had made up until this point. Oh. He made a short? So, yeah, so he, he made making? he made six feature films, mm-hmm. and then he made two shorts, and then he did like a collaboration with another director and like wrote for it, and that's his half. Wow, I think that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You don't like the title? It's the I most don't... directory thing I've ever heard. Uh, I just don't. It has nothing to do with the movie. Yeah, it does. No, it it's does. Everything it's everything to do with made. the movie. Do you sure. Think the... <laughs> sure, it's the movie he made, but like. What Ty, what would you call it? That's like Tar- that's like Tarantino calling one of his movies nine or ten. And it's like the Hateful Eight. It's the- yeah, but no one had done <laughs> it. But no eighth, one had done it? it yet. He was the first one yeah, to do was. it, right? Was Hateful Eight his eighth movie? I think so. Isn't Inglorious Bastards the eighth one? And he's only going to make. Uh, I thought he was only going to make 10, but then he made 10 with Once Upon a Time, and then he's like talking about him. No, that's another. nine. Do you think yeah, nine. Once Upon a Time is nine, and then he's going to Oh, you know what? Uh, his backup title was Beautiful Confusion, The Beautiful yeah. Confusion. Yeah. Which is way worse than eight and a half. <sighs> it think? wouldn't have been as popular of a movie if it was called The Beautiful Confusion. Let's it, be honest. It's a, catchy, it have. it's a catchy title for sure, but I just hate that it's like, oh, this is the, this is the eight and a half movie that I've made. I was like... Come on. Well, it has that's everything to so do with the, yeah. the movie. Like that's <laughs> Yeah, it's not like it's a movie about a guy who goes to space. I'd watch that. <laughs> I'd watch that. I think we should mention that this main character in the movie, mm-hmm. who is a director, mm-hmm. is a bit of a is not just a like, you know, wannabe director, but he is a very well established famous established yeah. director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah, everybody's coming up to him and asking him, like, what are you cooking up? Like, what's what you your next up? thing? Yeah. Yeah. And so is this, like, the setting of the movie, are they, like, just about to shoot? Yeah. Because he's with actors and producers mm-hmm. and, um, yeah. and like, this actress keeps asking what her role is. and Yeah, and he's picking people out of a line uh, or uh, test, test screenings yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, they're it's just in the Basically, literally picking. how it went. Yeah. 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 He was, so the actual director Fellini was known for like having very fluid scripts, like not having a, this is the script. Now we're shooting it. It'd be like, we're changing the script every day while we shoot. So, so this movie was a biography of his process. Yes. As it will. And that's known more of a biography of his current state of mind. Yeah. Both. It's like both. So so it was like, it was double meta. It was like, the guy was 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 getting was was making a commentary in his film he's about like, real life. He's like, I'm and Fellini is also doing that in the movie. He's literally that he's like, doing I'm it. supposed to be making a movie right now, and then at some point, like shortly into it, he was like, Oh, I need to make this movie about me not knowing what to make a movie about. Oh my god! Yeah, I literally, had that, I, I literally had that idea in my <laughs> high school Spanish class. <laughs> Did we you? had to make a movie? We had to make a fake movie, and I was like, "What if our movie is about us making a movie?" I'm wow. Fellini. Wow. All right, you're eight and a half. I'm just as smart Italian. as he is. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't cheating smart. on my wife, but yikes! Still. I hope you were married. Back <laughs> yikes! Then. Yeah, I also was not married as a sophomore in high school. So. 
Well, I think I think that is <laughs> I think good. that's a common thing. Like I've had that thought like writing school papers and things of like I'll just write the thing about the thing that I'm supposed to be yeah. doing. Yeah. It's and entirely it's very, what Seinfeld's about. Yeah. It's a show about nothing, but it's yeah. about everything that's happening. And he makes himself a stand-up comedian in it. Yep. Yeah. Seinfeld is fleeing. Oh, I guess he actually is a stand-up <laughs> comedian. Is yeah, yeah, he is. Huh. Just like that one George Clooney huh. movie, uh, huh. Ocean's 12, because he actually does Wait. that stuff in real life. Stop. Don't stroke the Ocean 12 ego, Wait. please. <laughs> Let's talk about Julie Roberts. Please. No, 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 Take no, Take it no. to paradise. Oh, I watched that on the plane. I an didn't... actress playing herself <laughs> as an actress in the movie No, she Ocean's doesn't 12. play herself. She plays <laughs> no, a, character a character playing, playing Julia Julie Roberts. Roberts. Oh it's boy! More genius than this. <laughs> Her best role is Tinkerbell. Don't at me. Oh, hook, hook. I'm saying don't at me a lot. Cody, what, 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 what question do you have for us? You got any uh, anything you want to talk about? Busting, I'm stressing. Um, yeah, I think. I don't know. We already covered some of the stuff that I wanted to talk about. Are you more of a Louisa or a Carla? Claudia. Claudia. Oh, Claudia. Are you serious? His wife. His beloved. Claudia is. Claudia is an angel. So she's an innocent little snowflake that drops on. Okay, so and then is gone forever. In the movie, this this director is a womanizer. He's obsessed with all these women. Yep. Um, And there is sort of this exploration of you know, kind of very Freudian exploration of like, where does this all come from? And he's exploring that in the movie he's trying to make. Yeah. Cause there's a scene where it shows him as a child would sneak out with the other kids and go pay this prostitute figure on the beach to, yeah. to dance for them. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. How do you think that that kind of influenced his, his taste in women? Yeah. I mean, that was supposed to be a scene where he was, you know, corruptible. And then he, he it just all kind of went downhill from there is kind of like the, the idea, right? I would posit that, uh, he's making a statement that it started even earlier than that. Yeah. There is elements of that as well. Did you, yeah. Like, did you guys notice the wine bath scene? Yeah, totally. Oh yeah. If he's a Freudian Jungian disciple as he was and had therapy and, Jungian therapist for years and always go back to the weird Oedipal mother stuff and so he's making the connection of like him being yeah having things like that as a baby the natural progression is the thing with the kids on the beach but then and when you notice when there's the um, harem of women around him he's all like swaddled basically at some mm-hmm. point They're giving like, him a wine bath yeah he just yeah. wants to be babied and that's where his sexual urges come from, apparently. The Guido fantasy was quite a scene, was it not? Guido. The harem. The Yeah, yeah where he basically, <laughs> all the women are basically in his life that he's ever loved and, and fancied uh, are all just kind of his subservient female lovers. Right. And when they reach the ripe old age of 26, they are put upstairs. Yeah. Very DiCaprian. Just, <laughs> just Very wild. DiCaprian. Sounds like a sounds wild. like an era of like an era of the United Kingdom. Then the DiCaprian area when they would only DiCaprian. keep their women until twenty six. That's what we were saying when we were watching. We made the joke. Do you think that DiCaprio watched this? It was like that's a good idea. That's a good rule. 
He's like, this guy's kind of good. He's doing Too it right. High. We are never He's getting him. Yeah, we should be 24. We yeah. are never getting him on the pod. <laughs> We love you, Leo. Wants Come on, to talk about this, <laughs> Leo. Leo, you can go. Pu- it's it a safe space. Yeah, yeah, we're fun. Good grief. Um, yeah, pr- I guess we'll disagree. It, but yeah, <laughs> him being swaddled. Yeah, it's very. Um, he just wants to be nurtured, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's where a lot of that comes from, huh? So yeah, it does go far back. Yeah, I it think seem- like oh no, you go ahead. Mm, I don't know. I'm just thinking like, especially with the prostitute. Immediately after that, like he he, the cardinals find out, and he gets like brought before these women and his mother, mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah, his mom's so ashamed of him, and yeah. so I don't know. I think with any sort of sin, and especially like sexual sin, there's a lot of like shame stuff there, and mm-hmm. so I, I think, oh, yeah. um, un unresolved um, shame exists but he he's like know. wanting to be freudian but he's still got his roman catholic guilt complex yeah oh, but yeah. he but he has no shame bringing his wife <laughs> to the whole thing and just like knowing that it's gonna unravel i don't know how he didn't think it was probably gonna wants to you know yeah. right he's i mean it's almost boy. he wants to get caught bad boy <laughs> there's it doesn't feel like there's very much shame there like he just goes yeah. from woman to woman to woman and i i think like, he's bringing her there for that reason because he's like trying to use this movie as like a reckoning for this stuff that he can't because i think his yeah his like sexual path would you say a a more yeah more dean martin has a song about that Wow, that was special. I actually had a point. I wasn't just later. setting up that joke. <laughs> no, okay. uh, I think uh, I think there's a split because yeah, you see the nurturing, like you see the babysitter and his mom and and them in the harem, but you also see this prostitute and. Um, like uh erotic dancers and things like that and there's like this split of like these two things are kind of happening at the same time where Mm -hmm. you know he's talking to people and he's like oh i would i would never be seen with that woman and look how she's dressed and all this stuff and when he was with her this is a, a woman who's like his his um lover his mistress uh, mistress that's what i'm looking for um He's with this mistress and he brought her onto, you know, onto the set before, you know, his wife. And when he was with her, he asked her to like be more slutty, like, mm. like do your makeup different. And he made her do, yep. he drew the makeup exactly like the prostitute on the beach. Wow. I did not connect that. And so he's yep. just, he's trying to like bring all of this stuff together and see like, what's the meaning? Like, where do I stand at the end of this? Like, do I want to be married? Do I want to just be, you know, sleeping around all of this stuff? He's, he's just trying to figure out like a direction, which is great. And, for we, a director. and meanwhile, Luisa is just getting dragged along with it. Yeah. yeah. And you know, is, was his sister there? Or who was the girl? That was Luis's friend. That's yeah. Luis's friend. Oh, I thought Rosella it was, I thought it was like also his sister for some reason. No. I thought he referenced her as his sister. No. She one. referenced her as her friend. Yeah. Oh. Well, any hoot. Um, was she really there? In the harem? Like no. The, like when she well, was looking in. In the harem, she yeah. said, like, I'm your 
you know, mm-hmm. I'm your Pinocchio, I'm your cricket. She's like, kind of like a medium but or something. when they were sitting and talking at the tables and they were looking mm-hmm. at uh, the one girl and he was like, oh, look how she's dressed. She was sitting there with them, but when they got up, it went to a wide shot and she wasn't there with them anymore. Mm-hmm. So maybe it was just him thinking. She, and so I'm like, maybe she really is like that, like Jiminy Cricket. Like Jiminy Conscience. Cricket. Yeah. Character. Maybe. Perhaps. Wow. I don't was, know. She was in the uh, fantasy. So Luisa's his wife. Which one's Claudia? Claudia is the, the dream girl. The actress at the end. The beautiful one. Yeah. He brings on <laughs> and that he saw like at the Eric? um Calm down. Bath. Uh, the fountain. Oh, okay. oh that, yeah. Like, she, she floats she, in. She, she's always like walking on her tiptoes. Like yep, she's the one he floating. wanted to play the woman at the purification at spring. The beginning. Right. So who we saw at the beginning. Why are you guys pro Claudia? I think everyone was pro Luisa. Oh, Eric's pro, pro Claudia because Eric he thinks she's beautiful. Oh, I think I said Claudia. Mm-hmm. Oh, Cody's also pro Claudia. I'm, I'm, pro, I'm pro Luisa. But we, no, I mean, ultimately. I'm just pro not adultery. So, all, um. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, ultimately, yes. But I just, I, we know, vi- I mean, we know very little about this woman. And she's kind of like teased throughout the movie. And then at the end, she just kind of like. She's, enters the mo- yeah, enters yeah, the scene shows up again um and it's just it's very mysterious it's very interesting but um yeah no can't help but like just feel really bad <laughs> for like everything that Luis is being put oh, through yeah. mm-hmm. and like again the fact that he's like just string her along while he's like trying to figure this all out like yeah. good for you trying to figure it out but like worst way possible probably um award goes to you and, and then, yeah, I, yeah, it's 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 terrible. In the test screening, she has to watch like yeah. a test screening of a conversation she had with her husband, right? And it's like she's I like, want to relive air this. this out if you want. I can't yeah. do this. Yeah, um, lying is like breathing to you, and it's so sad. Like in his fantasy, there's like a fantasy version of Louisa that's like very motherly oh, that's oh, yes she kind of takes care of everyone in the and she's oh, totally okay with everything and I can't believe that that we didn't do it this way before and like I'm okay and I understand I should have understood this about you blah 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 very subservient very understanding um, you know literally scrubbing the floor um, doing all the chores um, and just totally okay with everything um, but yeah wearing I think what's what was like the mother's clothes and yeah um doing all the stuff and it's like stark contrast to her like super modern trendy like italian 1960s clothing she seems so cool she was dancing with that guy playing the violin yeah yeah i like that yeah but i think she was like (laughs) caleb liked that i think she was was like kind of he's a bit of trying to get that information out of him that like i don't know that there was some other stuff going on and then she basically got the answer she wanted and then her whole mood changed because she was like look like uh, it's so weird she starts laughing in bed when she when she's looking at him because she's like it's so weird that you know looking at you i'm not going to cheat on you but i can see that you're just unfazed by any of this and so that's great that's mm-hmm. fine um that's super cool and so yeah it's just it's just a really feeling for sure and how mm. and how on how Onion? Onion. <laughs> Are we sponsored by Big Onion? What's that? On, oh, uh, oh, no. Arrested <laughs> Development. Onion. 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 
Have you seen Arrested Development? No. Oh, I'll never, man. I'll never not say that. That's I only watch forever. Shows. Oh. Wow. Um, do we think movie. Guido's brave? Slash mm. Federico? Mm. Uh, I, I have and trouble. And his honest self? I have how trouble you... having sympathy for him. Okay. I mean, even Claudia says that when he takes her to the ruins and she's like, you know, nobody thinks that's like sympathetic is a guy who can't figure out who he loves. She says that like right Mm -hmm. steps to him. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think Frederico thinks he's brave. He himself is brave. No, I think that's why at the end it's all kind of a, a, a child leading a circus. He's like, this is kind of all I'm doing really. Wow. Okay. I was like, what was that? But that, that's a good take. Just a bunch of clowns kind of thing. That's a great take. That, that I was trying to figure that whole end scene I'm not, out. I'm not necessarily saying that's like all that that entailed and like, that's the whole point of the movie, but like, no, I think you're dead on. I think he's saying, yeah, here's who I am and it's who I am. Yep. Which is awful. Um, he's very selfish and narcissistic and he's like, but, uh, making art, Makes everything feel true to me, so I'm just going to keep doing that. And yep. I think that's just so empty, mm-hmm. which is why hmm. the movie bothers me that it's so great. <laughs> well, it's yeah, it is a beautiful kind of honesty because of how yep. yeah. brutal it is. Yeah, but like in the end, like that truth yeah. isn't beautiful. I don't mm. think. Mm. I don't think that has a lot of value. Sure. It leaves a bad taste in your mouth, yeah. regardless of how. Um, mm-hmm transparent the director was being yeah it's like it's great you're transparent like i love learning that people are like this but like this is it doesn't have to be good so sad yeah right but like and you can see from the rest of his life that's i don't think it's like a like this is like a movie that ends slightly hopeless other than i like making art and then he figures it out later down the line i don't think he does that's just like that's his worldview I guess this is a question. Uh, did you have something to add to that? Well, I, I have a question, but if you have one, go for it. Oh, I just, I just, I guess this is the question. Like, did he have this conversation with his wife before or after the film? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows, right? It's a did great they question. Stay married? Was he, was he featuring an argument that he had had with his wife or did she watch this film and be like, what the? Like yeah. what? What he made? Well, what he is this, dude? Actress what? of me watching actress of her. Exactly. It's another, he just knew it's a what Julia was Because <laughs> it's interesting, right? Because he's finally in director mode again at, with the circus, and yep. he's like, I don't know how to explain it, but like everything is true and everything's beautiful, and she's just like, I don't know if that's good enough. Basically, was her response. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I agreed. It's yeah. like. She's like, you're so selfish that you don't like you're willing to sleep around with a bunch of people. And, um, I'm glad art makes you feel happy, but if that's all you've got, then she's like, I don't. Then just do that. Yeah. Just do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think. And he's like, but I want you to be a part of it. She's like, well, yeah, I think the question, the question that I was going to ask is one that I think might be being asked, um, by the, by Frederico is like, does self-awareness have like an end to it or is it just this spiral? Is it just like, can you ever reach a level of self-awareness to where you're like, okay, great. I'm happy now. And I know what I'm about and I'm going to operate that way. Hmm. 
Hmm. Yeah, self-awareness just, I think, feeds into itself. It's just like mm-hmm. an unbreakable cycle unless there's like a willingness to change. Told, that's exactly what it is. Yep. So, and I don't know if there's a willingness to change. Mm-hmm. Dang, dude. I yeah. don't, I, I, it's not, it's not seen in the movie, that's for sure. Yeah, or I think in the outcome of, <laughs> the as o- much as I know of his biography. <laughs> yeah. The only thing that reeks wanting to change is uh, him crawling under the table and killing himself. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, I had the Which thought. was not like a real... Th- well, nothing in this is real. But like, you know, he, ima- he imagined Everything is like true. ending it because it was all just so overwhelming. And it was like... And then it goes back to him being alive. So it was like, oh, man, he was yeah. just like wanting to kill himself. But Yeah, that was the part I had the least amount of pity for him. Yeah. <laughs> is when he crawls on the table and everyone's asking him questions and chasing him around. And I'm like... Quit whining, dude. It's like, oh, filmmaking's hard. It's hard being me. I'm like, no, <laughs> come on, dude. I can totally understand how mid-60s, peak uh, Freudian time, like beginnings of the sexual revolution, mm-hmm. um, I can see why a bunch of young man directors like this. Sure. it's. I mean, it's the mm. cold. I mean, he's expressing the spirit of the air of that era, I think, yep. in a way. At least the... A, the pessimistic version of it, um, which is self-actualization over helping others. Yeah. Um, White America's going to love this film. White America's <laughs> going to love this. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if he was like, I don't think he was trying to put his pulse on the culture. Maybe he was. I think he was just trying to be honest about himself, but I think so. It was, yeah. uh, I think you can why both. it got, became so great to so many people is because, I mean, obviously, a lot of people relate to it. Yeah. yeah, and I think there's something, like, especially if this was, like, one of the first times it happened. Yeah. There's something very refreshing and weird and and interesting about peering into somebody's soul. Mm. And it's like, I, I can imagine people coming away from that being like, oh, God, nobody does this. Like, everybody's shut in and nobody's talking about their feelings. And mm-hmm. no, Like, this wasn't the height of therapy. <laughs> like, yeah. th- that wasn't a thing. Uh, that that people were like proud of, and this is like the most vulnerable you could possibly be is just being like, "This is me." Everybody look at it and criticize it, mm. and not like it, and love it. Like yeah. it, it's it's terrifying. It's terrifying enough to put a passion project out there, but enough to be like my life, or like all of my failings, or all of my like childhood stuff and it's just like and and the bad stuff too not just like this is the good stuff of my childhood it's like no this is kind of where things went wrong Mm -hmm. um is is a terrifying thing to step into and uh gotta give him props for that bit this may be going off topic but that's a little bit but like so compare it to Bar- like we've talked about bardo a couple times Mm, so bardo is the same concept like same genre if you will Uh um why I can connect, even though it is a very intellectual exercise, to um, more to that movie, I think is because he is more grounded in family mm-hmm. and wanting to love them, even if he does fail sometimes. Mm-hmm. And there's even the social awareness with things like immigration crisis. So there's like, um, yep. Yep. at least in in his interior, he's at least trying to look at others 
beyond himself while acknowledging that maybe those things can be a bit self-aggrandizing hmm. where yeah. Fellini's just so like, at least how he portrays himself in this movie. Uh, it's just about how everyone relates to him. And that's the end of yeah. that. It's the end mm-hmm. of them. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, they're just this parade of yeah. cast. Yeah. This, in his this life. carousel of people yeah, yeah, that yeah. just go around and around. And maybe he's being critical of himself, but yeah, I think he is, but he's okay with himself being that at the same time. Yeah. He says that at the end, he's like, you have to take me for who I am. I'm like, there's a point where it's like, yes, we need to take everyone for who they are, but people should also have a willingness to um, change. attempt change mm. or, yeah. or even just make a decision too. Yeah. like, cause that's probably, I think the biggest difference between this and Bardo is mm-hmm. the character in Bardo is willing to make choices to, to actually achieve something versus just like wallowing in self. Mm. They're willing to make choices on behalf of, of other people and, and actually be like a figure. Mm. They're exploring the same thing, but I think one mm. is making a choice. Bardock becomes more interesting in conversation with eight and a half. <laughs> it yeah. does. I think do yourself a favor, watch eight and a yes. half and Bardo yeah, as a double both. feature. Yeah. I think you'll, you'll appreciate not, not in one sitting. No dude. You I might fry your brain. <laughs> I think, I think you would appreciate that. Well, yeah, fine. Do it a day difference, <laughs> yeah. but like, I think you would appreciate both films so much more with the context of each other. Yeah. Um, I think I, yeah, like the, so many things are kind of being unearthed about Bardo now after watching eight and a half. Um, but I think that what he, I think that what Bardo does makes it more of a lasting film mm-hmm. in my, in my opinion with, with all the things that you mentioned, Jared, that kind of like make it a little bit more solid in, in, in history in the, in like lasting is what I mean. It, it being a lasting film um, versus eight and a half, which is like a great film, but yeah, ends with kind of just like himself, but it's already proven it's lasted. So, well, yeah, I was going to say, I, like, you, you think it's more worth lasting, but do yes. you think... Oh, it I practi- agree with that, yeah. Do you think it practically will, though? I mean, it was Bardo, no, I, on the year it came out. Like, yes, I know, I know. And is it going to be one of the... Is it going to be a Van Gogh situation? Oh, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. People appreciate it after, you know, after it's dead, basically, and then people, it, it, it resurges, but... That's, yeah, I'm not sure. what Kid Chimp's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Van Gogh situation. You're going to have to die yeah, first. Yeah. Before it, <laughs> and then it takes off. Uh, well, Sorry. I mean, both, both movies were beautiful. Mm-hmm. What was, what was some beauty that stood out to everybody in this film? That, that just kind of, you can say, uh, Claudia. <laughs> no, no. Like shots. Oh, I mean, um, I have my easy pick. I have a, I have an interesting Actually, one that, that came to me, which was you go first. the um, when he's being roped in the sky. Yeah, that's a classic. That was one mm. of mine. Far yeah. out. I mean, and I thought about it, and I was like, not only is that a beautiful shot, but um, it definitely. When we were talking about it, I was like, oh my god, that totally symbolizes him like trying to get away, and he's just being like roped back into this kind of like 
like circus, like you talked about, like he's being roped back into the circus that he doesn't want to. And he's like, I found him and they pull him down and he like goes into the sea. And then he literally wakes up in his hotel room. Like it was like a bad dream that he was having. Mm. Where he's like, I can escape. I can fly away. And they're like, Nope, roped you come, come back. And, um, it's almost like a nightmare. But it was it was such a beautiful and and tricky shot. Do you think he's brilliant? Par- do you think he was paragliding or <laughs> like how did they do? Because it was like a, it looked like a real foot that mm-hmm. that was like yeah. on a rope, and it was just this really really tall shot from above the beach. No, that's an all timer shot. It was great. great. I loved it. It was really good. It was phenomenal. It's probably the most famous shot from the movie, by the way. Really? Yeah. 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 Okay, I was trying to think of like a great shot. I've and I was seen like, that mm. a lot. Yeah. Wow, that's fun. It's famous for a reason. That's fun. Because it's, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hear that. I think Jared. I like when... Oh, oh, Caleb. I think I like when the girl <laughs> glides in and gets a drink from the fountain. Oh, when he's like fantasizing about it. Yeah, when it. he first sees her. Oh, that's yeah. that's Claudia coming in. Claudia in coming the in. First I, I really like that. Um, and I really liked um, when he goes to meet the cardinal and talks to him mm. um there's like mm. a slow push in along like these aspens maybe or like just these trees in this park yeah i just thought it was pretty yeah uh there's a moment near the end where like everyone's dressed in white and they're at the film set which is a cool film set by the way at night yeah. it looks yeah it's insane um that would be one of my shots but it's like a really quick shot where like the camera's moving and there's like a bunch there's a group of people at a table like in suits then all of a sudden the camera just like goes down super fast and in the reflection of the table his wife is wearing white and she's upside down Mm -hmm. and she's speaking to him like that's just and it's just sky above her so it's like yeah it just is it looks so good. It's mm-hmm. a simple move, but like not at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I loved that. It's such a good yeah, it, expression of, yeah. And, and it's a tricky shot too, because the whole table is like a mirror. Yeah. So, I mean, there's like a lot of blocking and like where to yeah. put the camera and stuff. And her and being upside down in the sky. Yeah. Mm. Um, At the end, her head, I think. Good symbol. Has some thematic yeah resonance with where their relationship is at totally man yeah uh i mean we already mentioned the opening scene with the bus and Mm -hmm. everybody just like staring at him (laughs) that is the cigarette smoke just like builds in the car and he can't get out that's i mean yeah that was fantastic that felt ahead of its time yeah there was another shot with cars when they're all driving to the film set that also feels where they're all moving in unison. They're all moving in unison. Yeah. It feels like way ahead of its time. Yes. Cinematically. Like it yeah. was just, and I was, those were very cool shots and it is the set like at night. And so that's a yeah. beautiful shot. And then just like from a filmmaking perspective, we've talked already about how well they do the dreams and, mm. and switching between real life and the dreams. But I think it's probably one of the best film depictions of dreams I've seen where the you know it's his dream and he's interacting you know with aspects of the dream and then he'll Mm -hmm. have like a conversation with a person in the dream like one person and the setting changes in the dream 
And I think that is the most like accurate dream feeling that I've really been like, that feels like a dream. Yeah. Cause that happens where you're like, you're like having a dream and you like talk to your dad and now you're in Walmart when you were in your house before. (laughs) Like it's, it's that weird thing. Like, yeah the the folk like and it happened in the harem scene where like all the women are there and then he starts talking to his wife and then they all are just disappear like it kind of pans away as she's like doing laundry and doing all this stuff and he's talking to her and she comes back and nobody's there yeah and it's like a whole new kind of setting and i just thought that was so I don't know, clairvoyant, just like a really great like insight into how like dreams it's feel. Got to be that. like some mix of the settings and the lighting and where he places the camera. Mm-hmm. That yeah makes it feel natural. Yeah, because I think a lot of people would like if I attempted to do that right now, it wouldn't feel that good. Yeah, and I think most directors, if they tried that, it wouldn't feel yeah. that good. And the, he just some there's something intuitive about it. I think there's a combination also of him using like in these dream sequences, there'd be people from the real life shots, like yeah. the, the what is considered like the real life shots, um, mm-hmm. the reality. And so when they're in a dream sequence, it almost just feels like another shot, but mm-hmm. now it's a dream sequence. And because they're using the actors that were in the reality sequence, it's like, you you really don't know what's reality and what's dream, yeah. um, and I think that really aids to it. Is 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 yeah, and not having transitions and and all yeah. the things that you said with yeah. the cameras, yeah, and states of mind too. Like yeah, when he is getting questioned by the reporters, or like when his cat, his entire crew keeps coming up to him, like mm-hmm. he'll be having a side conversation with somebody in a private place, mm-hmm. and somehow every you know, crew head of the, this film set finds him and they're asking him <laughs> questions the ruins. about their thing. Yeah. yeah. And there's just like this state of mind. I also noticed it at the, um, at the fountain where they're getting the drinks and stuff where you're kind of moving around and you're seeing all these guests and you're hearing the music playing like really loud. And it's, it's a uh, flight of the Valkyries is playing mm-hmm. like super loud. Yeah. And there's one point where the camera is panning across and it pans, it gets louder and it pans across the, the conductor. And right. there's, so you're where the band is, even though it's like impossible that that's right. where you could be, but it just like puts you in a certain state of like, this is kind of a peaceful place, but it's kind of overwhelming being in the midst of all of this. Right. So yeah. just fantastic filmmaking. I love that. His peak. It's Fellini's peak filmmaking. Was the rocket ship real? What are your thoughts on the atomic bomb? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Do you believe in God? Uh, no, it just looked like a real set. It looked. It actually looked like it was like 200 feet tall or whatever they said. It looked insanely Maybe tall. they built a real fake set. That thing looked huge. Yeah, that set was huge. I'm sure they I, built I, it. I, it just looked like scaffolding. Yeah, just a bunch of scaffolding. Just, I guess, yeah. It, it kind of just was a bunch of scaffolding. I guess, yeah. It was just... Which is funny. It looks so mon- monumental. Because the, in the movie, they talk about how they're just going to project... Right. Like they're going to shoot through a glass pane with the rocket ship painted. Yeah. So yeah. they didn't even really need to build the scaffolding. <laughs> like, we'll use a matte painting, uh, but we need this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> the magic of movies, baby. Yeah, man. Uh, uh, any final thoughts? 
reflections. No, it's good. I feel like this is what watch it. I'm glad the film snobs watched this because yep. this is a this is an ultimate. This film is an, movie. a film snob movie. I see this on so <laughs> many lists that yeah, I'm glad we glad we watched it. This yeah. and uh, the one you guys watched last week, Rashomon, Rashomon, oh, and Citizen Rashomon. King. Those are yeah. That one was different. I rewatched Rashomon. Was like I did not give this enough credit when I watched it. Yeah, I was wrong. This might be more sight and soundy than our sight and sound series. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that today. I was like, yeah, we're we're still hitting the big ones. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, get out there and watch some Italian cinema, everybody. Get mm-hmm. you some Fellini, get you some Antonioni, get you some Visconti, and listen Fettuccine. to our Epon Martin Eden because oh, it's a great yeah, everybody yeah. send watch that guy's new one. Everybody send in your top fifty Italian movies of the sixties. <laughs> and make sure top, eight probably La Notte. Is that the sixties? Is that your yeah, top you're saying that's your be. top one? Probably my favorite Italian movie of the sixties. That's Antonioni. Nice. Yeah. So checking that, Cody. That was great. Yeah. Thank you so much. Watch. So Caleb, I picked. Cody picked. And now it's Eric's turn. Is it my? Yeah, because Jared requires. It's in our contract actually to go last. Mm. Uh, Yeah, it's in our. Yeah, it's in our contract. He's a bit of a prima donna about it, but it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) All our agents got together. (laughs) Talked about (laughs) our lawyers. Oh, the leopard. The leopards in the (laughs) sixties. Mm-hmm. When did the original so, Italian yeah. job come out? Probably the 60s. Uh, yeah, no, it was the It was like early not. Michael Caine. Early Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Early, oh, early Caine. I'm Michael Caine. I'm the next James Bond. <laughs> Are we allowed the next to do James Bond? <laughs> Are we allowed to do these impressions, Eric? Are th- we're this too ethnic of an impression? Is this too ethnic of an? Oh, I'm Michael Caine. <laughs> Only when Caleb does it. Hey. Caleb, hey. give us your best Michael Caine. Oh, Michael Caine. Oh, you can't do that. And no, we're going to have to bleep that out. Stop. Mr. Wayne. Oh, this is bad. This is. I'll promise your mother and father. Oh, so <laughs> offensive. Oh, my God. <laughs> I heard he's actually in the running for the next Batman, too. Oh, Michael guys. Caine. How excited are we for Christopher Walken in Dune Part 2? Dune. Oh, ready for the tradies. Okay, Arrakis. <laughs> I haven't sand. watched the North trailer. Sand. I didn't know uh, he was in they the didn't second give us part. His voice. They're saving it. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I mean, have you seen him in James Bond? He's a, he can be a villain. He could be the next James Bond. <sighs> he could. Yes. No, he couldn't. Um, okay, so I'm picking next time, and I'll pick live, and we'll do it. We'll do it live. Apocalypse now. Thanks, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for coming and listening. Uh, go watch Bardo. Go watch Eight and a Half. Do it in the same day. Uh, go watch Asteroid City. Go watch Asteroid City. <laughs> yeah, do it. Do All it. right. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. 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 <laughs>